1: You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.
2: We got Bolt Brady coming on today. How's things on your side of the pond, man? What's going on?
1: Uh, I'm having a great day. Thank you. Yeah.
2: So, uh, for coming from California, right? Yep. Yep. Out out in northern
1: California. Now, are you born and bred out there? Or? No, but I've been I've been out here the majority of my life. Yeah, the the last thirty years or so. So, yeah, I, I've been out here a while. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. where where'd you hail from? uh originally in colorado okay and and then and then uh we made the trek out here like you know like i said like 30 years ago so was this with you and your, i like you know you get the mountains and the ocean
2: yeah you get a little bit of best of both worlds out there was this you and your family yeah. that moved out there
1: yeah and I, yeah i still live close to my family so we see each other
2: quite a bit so that's good nice uh so what made y'all just to try to move out there
1: Oh, I think we got – there we go. Shitty economy in Colorado. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. So, yeah. So, uh, we made the trek out here and um, never looked back. Packed the U-Haul and came on out. Nice.
2: Um, So, I did a little DD on you. It looks like you've been playing football all your life and – you got the podcast going, now you're the, a sports handicapper, and it seems like you wear a lot of hats. Has that always been kind of your your thing?
1: You know, uh, yeah, I, I, I played football all the way through college, and uh, and that's actually when I started getting into betting on games as well, kind of dipping the feet in and watching games and betting on them while we were in college. And then um, things kind of transpired from there. there as we went along and uh, um and taking it a lot more seriously and uh yeah now here we are bolt brady and and uh his bros my real brother um we have a good time okay so what is uh where'd you play your college football at i played at a small school uh called benlow college is it's right next to stanford actually i'm sure you've heard of oh, them, of course Uh Yeah, so we we were right next to them. Um, So it was just a really small school, but it was cool because a lot of the 49ers, um, ex-49ers were our coaches. So like Bill Walsh's son was my receiver coach, and uh, Tom Rathman, who used to play fullback for the Niners, was our offensive coordinator. So it was kind of cool having those guys around. So did y'all adapt the West Coast offense that way? We did. So So that's and that's been helpful, like as far as handicapping, too, because a lot of these a lot of these teams use a version of the West Coast offense. So, you know, I knew that from 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. So
2: I know Bill Walsh pretty much originated the West Coast offense, correct? So it's more passing yeah. and rushing. And then it went to the yeah. Bears and Packers still pretty much use it today. Right.
1: Yeah, so the West Coast offense was basically, yeah, like you mentioned, short passes to kind of replace the the run, um, and then he also gets the the running backs involved quite a bit. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot of short passes and uh, kind of spread the ball around. So yeah, and it's still around today. It's it's pretty effective. I, I would I would imagine that you could say that most offenses have at least a little bit of the West Coast in it today in the NFL. Is that because
2: most teams? Sorry, let me think. I want to say this: most teams might they trust more in their receivers than they do the running backs, and that's the reason they go more so passing. So it's than a rushing. good
1: question. You, yeah, you know, um I think it's it loosens up the off, or the defense quite a bit. You know, just doing quick passes. You know, just little like little three yard passes. Um, seem to be a lot more effective than just running it up, and it kind of loosens up the defense a little bit. And then when they get too loose, then I think they come back run. Okay, I'm with you now.
2: Huh. Yeah. So you play. You, so uh, what was what position were you in all of this?
1: So I, I played receiver, and then I returned
2: punts, take off returns. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Hold on, yeah. I'm having a little lag issue and I can't figure out why. I wonder if this is because uh, I think it's on my end, Bolt. So sorry for Is that. it? Yeah. Uh, I think for some reason my internet's trying to connect to a different wireless internet for whatever reason, which that's not to, okay. That don't make sense. All right. I think we're back. All right. So. Okay. Uh, uh, so, how did you get started? So, you played football most of your life. Were you you just were you just a true athlete all your life, or did you play any other sports growing up? And
1: yeah, I, I played. Yeah, I played basketball. Yeah, um, in baseball growing up, and did track and field in high school, and played basketball in high school. So, sport, sports were always a part of our upbringing for sure. And and I've got kids now, and it's a big part of our lives. So, yeah. Sports are a big part of our life. I mean, that was the reason why we started the podcast, really. Too is because, uh, you know, my mom knew about the handicapping, but mom was the one that generated the idea. She said, "All you guys do is talk about sports. You know, why don't you do a, a podcast?" and um, And then the handicap parting of it is what makes it a little bit unique. Is you know because we we discuss the games and betting on games of as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're the family where the during Christmas and the holidays, like, the football games are on in the background for sure. Yeah,
2: of course. they got to be, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas, right?
1: Well, you'd be surprised, though, you know? Um, whatever, you know, works for each family. But sometimes you go to people for the holidays and they don't have the game, and I'm like, put the game on, you know? So. Yeah, at least put it in the background, <laughs> right? So, yeah, because like my wife's family, uh, they're not like sports that much. So, when, it, when I used to go over there when we first met, I would have to be like, hey, can we turn on, you know, the football or the basketball game here? Yeah. Nice. So, how did you,
2: all right, so you're an athlete all your life, you've been playing football in a, uh, college. So, how did you get started in the gambling game here or handicap game? <laughs>
1: yeah. Is, so, is, is there uh, a specific term I should I, be using or? Um, handy, yeah, uh, gambling, capping, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I guess it's it starts off, you know, gambling, and then it, you know, and then I turned into more of a handicapper because in the beginning, there's so much to learn. You know, I didn't know diddly squat about betting when I first went to college, I didn't know anything about it. And there was this kid that was in our English class that uh hit this four teamer, which means. You know, it's hard enough to win one game, but he won four games. And so he won like five thousand bucks. And I remember he he brought oh, yeah. the the wad with him to to English class. And so that kind of caught my attention. I was like, whoa, what's going on? But there's so much to learn. You know, it's it's a lot like the stock market in the sense that is a market and it is a lot of based on emotion. Can move the the betting lines just like the stock market. Prices can, you know, emotion can affect those numbers as well. So there's a lot to learn. And um, it's, I still learn today, you know. So once I start kind of, you know, putting a few bucks on some games, and, you know, there's no courses that tell you how to bet on games, right? You can't sign up in college. It. So it's, it's the school of hard knocks for sure. Of course. Uh, and then, I, you know, then it kind of, Grew because some of my buddies would call me up like every single weekend, literally, and ask me, you know, who'd I like in the NFL? And then I started to figure out that these guys are winning thousands of dollars off my pick. So then I kind of was like, all right, time to time to make this official. Now it's time to get paid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like your style, man. Yeah, you got to get your own little piece of the pot too, right? Right. So you said earlier that it was a four-teamer, right? Yeah, big off. So, is that also called? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's almost also called a parlay, exactly. Yeah, but there's also, I mean, so my background, my family was big card players, and also some side, uh, you know, like two, uh, Texas Hold'em, um, some regular half-card yeah. poker, and that's I got jumped into it early. My uncles would. Just throw me at some card tables, with of course with them at family get-togethers and stuff, and that's how right. I learned. And then all of a sudden they would start, you know, they would bet horses more than they would sports games, and so uh, they would slowly kind of teach me how or what the differences in betting was. So I know obviously what a parlay is, but then you have different ones, so like a spread, a money line, an over under, and all those. Is that do you kind of play all of them? And when you throw out your picks, is that or do you have like one? Yeah, go, that- do you have one go to you go to with?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So definitely play the, the different spreads on the games, you know. So, like, in the, you know, the late in the, the Super Bowl, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs were giving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers three points, you know, so that means when the game starts, Tampa Bay's already up three to zero is a way to think of it. Correct. Uh, and then over-unders, yeah. So, like, in that game, the Super Bowl, I think the over-under was around – roughly 52 maybe so that means you know the two teams do you think their scores combined with 52 or below 52 and we do that and the money line is if you want to take the sprint equation and just say i think you know kansas city's gonna win i don't want to have to give them three points but of course you have to pay a little bit more to do that um and i do that sometimes but it can get a little bit expensive when you're taking like the favorite to win the game, you know, you might have to put down like $300 to win and you get a couple of those as losses and they start to add up. So I don't do the money. Oh God. I gotcha.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so do you usually play parlays or
1: do you just, no, that's a good question. Um, rare, you know, those are tough, right? Those are tough. Yeah, they're they're kind of, um, you know, like you said, you play cards. It's like, you know, when you go to the back table and they like they have like where you can win, like, you know, if you get two two hearts or you get three times your bet and people put like a dollar down next to it, you know, try to get three to one if there are two cards or hearts or whatever. Yeah, it's typically not a wise investment to do parlay cards. I'll just put it like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's tough. Yeah. I mean, I have buddies that when they when they go to the casinos that they'll they'll do parlay cards because your odds are you could get like three to one or five to one. So, you, you know, you put down 100 bucks, five to one, you could win like 500 bucks. But there's a reason why those odds go up. And it's because it's difficult to hit. It's hard enough to hit one game, much less. Multiple games, you know, at the same time. So if you were, so if you were me, I I bet
2: randomly. Just I get on FanDuel or whatever and just decide to throw out a couple bucks on something. So if you were a new, how do I want to say this? If you were telling a new better, what maybe the best chances for a type of bet would be? Would you say just go for the spread? Just go for the money line?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, – well, I, I would suggest first, like, picking out um, how much you're going to bet and stick with that. So, like, you know, let's say it's 20 bucks or 50 bucks a game, mm-hmm. whatever you feel comfortable with. Uh, and people ask, well, how do I know what a good amount is? It's if you don't need to look at your phone every two seconds to see if you're winning or losing, that's a good amount to put on a game. Um, and so – pick that amount and stick with it. Okay. Um, because what happens is people will like, they might win a game or two. Let's say, you know, they're putting 50 bucks on a game and they win two and they're up like a hundred bucks. Then next thing you know, they go, oh, I'm going to put 150 on this game and then they lose And the next thing, you know, you know, now they're down. My, my advice would be to pick the amount you feel comfortable with and stick with it. And then, yeah, I would, I think over-unders or or spreads, um, there's usually more information out there uh, about spreads, like people, handicappers talking about the spread. So it's probably, if you're looking for some information, that's probably the route to go. That makes perfect sense. So
2: when you're looking for information, all right. So just you on a daily basis, I mean, good. I'm glad you brought that up. So when you're doing your DD, your DD, your due diligence, your you're trying you're making your picks for the week or however you decide to do it what do you have any certain sites you go to is this a soft base in your head what are you watching games like where do you pick up your info i guess is what i'm trying to
1: yeah no that's a good question so you know um i focus on pro football basketball and college football basketball and then and then pro golf okay uh those are are the games that i focus in on and so The NFL is, you know, king. And so with that, at least for me, it is. um, And most people out there, they like to watch the NFL. So I get the um, NFL channel, which is like um, you can watch all the games, like every game that's played. You can watch it. The the fast version of it. I mean, there's no like huddles or timeouts, which is pretty cool. So the game is played like in like an hour and a half. Or no, no, I mean, an hour and a half, probably like an hour and 15 minutes. Um, I didn't realize and that. so I will watch, Chris, I'll watch pretty much every game every weekend. Um, after the weekend, I'll watch pretty much every game. Um, and then uh, – and there are some sites, like, that I'll use for – not because I care what anyone's opinion is um, mm-hmm. on a game because I'll never – you know, no offense to anyone else that's out there, but I just don't I just don't trust it as much. But there is, you know, some golden nuggets out there, like certain stats or stuff that I'll pick up. Like maybe maybe a team, you know, the week before gave up a lot of rushing yards. But, you know, you find out that they're missing, you know, their two inside linebackers. So maybe it was just a one off those types of things I'll read for. OK, so I'll do a little research like that, but mainly watching the game, especially when it comes to football i i feel like i understand it quite a bit with my background yeah i mean 100 percent. you
2: played the game so you, you got kind of got that mentality of what's going on like while you're watching and what you, you see different stuff than i would you know
1: correct right yeah probably and, and i think you know one of the things that that uh helps with my handicapping is that uh, i think that i can see talent really well and i kind of can go through the bullshit like when someone's really hyping someone up like, oh, this guy's incredible or he's such an amazing quarterback when I'll watch and be like, yeah, oh, he's not that great, you know, and so um, because that will dictate the lines like when these guys make the line like, you know, Tampa Bay minus three or Detroit plus seven or whatever it may be, they, they make those lines sometimes with the public. Um, in the back of their mind Like if they think Hey, everyone's going to take Tom Brady this game They'll actually shade the line Because they know, you know, for example The first game of the season I don't know who Tampa Bay plays right now But The Bucs say, hey, everyone's going to take Tom Brady in the box this this week You know, the first week yeah. So they'll actually make it so that the line You know, is t- they'll take the public Into consideration with that so is that how you know? Like Vegas makes these odds. Is that
2: they're looking at the public? They're looking at everything. I always just figured, you know, they got a guy from The Simpsons, right, the writer for The Simpsons, that predicts everything, and they because they predicted almost down to the t. And yeah, it so blows my mind.
1: Yeah, it so they do they do use computers to a certain degree, like as far as you know how much offense a team. T- typically does versus the defense and this and that but you do have guys that you know kind of sit in the back room these bookmakers that have done it for a long time and there's tons of sports books out there obviously that are in the united states and offshore and basically um the books just watch with this you know which a couple of the main ones
0: with their lines come out with and then everyone just copies it but you know to answer your
1: question initially Yeah, there's a few guys that, for these main sportsbooks, and then everyone else just copies it. Oh, I see. And then, Chris, you might be interested to know, and then from there, then depending on how much money is put on the game is where the line goes. So, like, for example, if if Detroit is playing Green Bay Packers, and the line is Green Bay minus three, and everyone's taking Green Bay – and they're getting all this money on Green Bay, then they'll start to give Detroit more points. So then they'll say, well, let's give Detroit four points now. Will that help getting Detroit money? And if they're like, nope, that still doesn't help, they'll go up to four and a half moves before the game starts. That's very
2: interesting. I never knew that.
1: Yeah. So um, – and, that, and so it takes a lot of money to, to move those. But for each specific book, you know, if it was Bolt and Chris's, and I'm like, wow, hey, Chris, this guy just came in and put a million bucks on this game. We need to shade the line the other way because what a sport book wants to do is they want to try to get 50% of the money one way and 50% of the money the other way, typically, not every time. And the reason for that is because they make 10%, right? You have to give $110 to win 100 regardless of what team you take. If you take Green Bay and I take Detroit, we both have to give the sports book $110 to win 100 So they're going to win 10 bucks either way off either one of us. Um, and so if they can get 50% of the bu- people to bet this way and 50% of the people to bet that way, that's the best case scenario for them. Well, so that's how they got to make their they're cut too. Yeah. And then if they get shaded way too, you know, big to one side or the other, and they can't get enough people to take Detroit, for example, they might have to call another sports book and put, you know, in a bet of their own to, to try to balance things out. But wow. I didn't. Okay. I didn't know they would do something like that. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smart people in the industry. You know, like when my mom, You know, she's always like, oh, betting and, you know, that it's so bad and this and that. It's like I always tell her, I said, there's some really, really, really smart people in this industry. A lot of mathematicians for sure. Yeah. Well, you got to be.
2: I mean, I mean, there's so so, like so, for example, you know, Moneyball, uh, Billy Bean doing all his statistics he ran and everything. I mean, just to know that you could pick up certain types of people and they don't have to be the best five star athletes to be out there. You can still win ball games if you read the stats right. So yeah, if you know how to read stats and you're a good mathematician, as you said, you can easily do it. Well, I, maybe not yeah. There, there's there's some of
1: these yeah. There's some of these guys out here, these big syndicates that um, they uh, they're they're like groups that bet together. They pool their money together and, and they'll put like large amounts, like hundreds even like a million dollars on a game. And they'll usually have like a mathematician that's in it who. That guy or girl most likely doesn't even watch the game. They're just strictly looking at the numbers. Um, and they might not even know like two players that play for the Green Bay Packers, but they just know numbers. Uh so, so is that kind
2: of I used to work uh right after college, I was working at a tire factory and there was a twenty-thirty guys that every week would uh get together and say let's put on some money for the lottery. And you you know we'd all throw in 10 dollars or something and then they go buy like 100 tickets. So kind of the same thing
1: as that. Um yeah, more or less, but what I, but I think these guys might have contracts between. Them. I'm curious, did you guys have contracts? <laughs> uh probably not. <laughs> you right? I mean, I'm just if there's 20 guys at the tire factory that are all putting money in and this one guy's got the winning ticket man. yeah i guess that's kind of he
2: would disorganize it all and i guess we were just too dumb to know any different like all right well hopefully he don't screw us over so (laughs) but i'm not a millionaire so i guess now either we didn't win or he did screw me over so i don't know (laughs) but i never i never did hear too many uh lotto or big power balls coming out of my area so maybe i'll just
1: yeah yeah neither do i
2: neither do i (laughs) (laughs) well man this is good stuff so so i i read a statistic all right well i wanted to talk about this earlier then i got sidetracked but uh so in 2019 i think sports gambling was at 18 billion and now it's at uh no no no. it was like 2.5 billion and now it's 18 billion so it's just going to
1: keep growing do you think yeah, it's huge. When they keep legalizing the you know state after state um and and that's I'm waiting for them to do it out here in California. It's on the ballot uh November 22. So we have like, you know, a little bit over a year here um and I you know, i I'm imagine that's when it finally gets voted. Everyone's really waiting for California cuz that's going to really open up the floodgates obviously cuz it's such a a big state. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just getting bigger and bigger. I mean, you probably notice, you know, my brother and I'll talk about it where you watch like ESPN or even like NBC and they'll have the lines on the game, right? Sure. Like you look down at the bottom or, you know, they finally let the announcers talk about the lines because before, you know, it was kind of like, Oh, late field goal there. That's going to really help someone out, you know, <laughs> and, and that's that's all they'll talk about. But, you know, they were, they were referencing the line to the game. But now, um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and I heard eventually they're going to make it where you can just sit in your chair watching the game and you can bet if you think a team will score a field goal or a touchdown.
2: Well, that was my next um, point. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but that was my next point is that um, so I'm about – three to four hours from Washington, D.C., in my area. And so the Capitals are going to actually put a sports book in their arena. And I heard the Washington football team now is probably going to do the same thing whenever they get going back, whatever they're doing. So, yeah, I mean, I, and like, you know, if somebody comes down and says, hey, you want some popcorn or a drink? Oh, also, let me uh, put 50 bucks on a coin toss.
1: <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, no taboo for so long. Um, But now, you know, like the NFL and the NBA and the stadiums, like uh, I think it was the Denver Broncos, they've got like three different sports books that they're working with in there. So, yeah, it's just getting bigger and bigger. So it's it's, it's exciting. I think it's fun. Uh, Do you ever do or uh, throw out picks for the prop bets
2: like that for the, you know, at the Super Bowl? You can bet on anything like the coin toss, the length of the national anthem, what color. Gatorage will be poured on the coach at the end of it. Do you ever throw out picks like that or is that just you just stick with uh, the typical stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean for the Super Bowl for sure, because there are so many prop bets, you know. Um there there's a lot of prop. Bet. I mean, I think, geez, I think there is like hours of different prop bets. Like, you know, there's so many, yeah. you know, how long's the how long's the national anthem gonna be, you yeah. know, over under on the time. Uh-huh. Um but typically, I, you know, there prop bets, you know, like how many yards is Lamar Jackson going to throw for, you know, over 186 or under? That's a whole other set of handicapping. And um, I don't do that too much. Okay. No, but there are definitely people that do. OK. And they and they specialize in it. Um, but no, I, do, I don't do prop bets.
2: OK. I mean, that just seems just like good fun and all. And I wouldn't, in my opinion, I would never throw out you know, thousands of dollars. How we were talking about earlier, just on a coin toss or whatever cause or even the length, yeah. the length of the national anthem. I mean, whoever's singing, it could just be like looking at their watch. I mean, they might play some inside <laughs> bet on it. Right.
1: Right. Right. They usually, they usually don't have limits a lot of time on those bets. Like, and they're not, they're not nearly as much compared to, um, being able to bet on a regular game. So like prop bets like that, um, with the Gatorade color and stuff, they usually limit it to like 500 bucks, maybe a thousand. Uh, I didn't realize that. Okay. That makes for sense. For reasons like you're talking about um, where in the NFL, you know, you could get down pretty much as much as you want. Um, and, and the reason for that, because even like college basketball and sometimes they'll have limit on over unders like a thousand, which is, Kind of interesting when you think about, well, how come for the NFL they'll take 200000 on a on a line or college basketball game? And the reason for that is because the NFL is king. And when I mean king, like, that's what most people bet on when they bet. Yeah. And so, therefore, casinos and sports books allocate the most resources to NFL, and so they're following those teams and the lines the most, where college ball, you could have 100 games on a Saturday literally and so it's tough for them to follow all those games um, and that's why you'll find I'm, I'm sure most handicappers would agree is I, I find most of my success like our college basketball um, and because the NFL is is just so difficult they, they watch that one so closely so most of your
2: success is in college basketball that's what you just said correct
1: I, I, as yeah, like overall, yeah. I mean, as a whole, okay. I would say college basketball, golf. I mean, if you if you ask any handicapper, I think it'd be very rare if one of them says NFL, just because lines are so tough. There's usually not an edge there, and the reason if you think about it, Chris is because there's typically only fourteen or sixteen games being played a week, yeah. so we're. You know, on a on a Saturday, um, you could have over a hundred college basketball games. There's no way the sports books can watch all those games, and so you can find edges there. That makes perfect sense.
2: And plus, I mean, I I've I read about you that you have a 54 percent ish
1: success rate. Yeah, like uh, over over 1,600 games being played. Yeah, so, so that's 800 plus, right? Yeah. Yeah, So, like, if you think about it, you know, because I had a buddy one time where he was asking how much I charged for the season, you know, to give out picks. And I told him and and then he's like, well, what's your winning percentage? And I said, well, last season it was 57 percent. And he's like, oh, that's crap. And I'm like, crap. And it's because most people hear that, like, you know, oh, this guy wins 60 or 70 percent. Not over like a you know a lifetime seasons. You might be able to win that like sixty percent for like twenty games or maybe maybe forty games. But when you start like betting on like five hundred games or like fifteen hundred games, that you don't you don't win that much. So like over fifty four percent, you're gonna do really well. I think you ask any handicapper, they'll they'll take fifty four percent over a career for sure. Well, I would think so.
2: I mean, you know, like. You know, we said something about the coin toss. Yeah, you got, you know, one out of whatever chances of winning on that. So 54 percent. I mean, I like those
1: odds. Yeah. So with you know how you have to put the the juice right. Like when I said you have to give one hundred and ten dollars to the sports book to win one hundred. Yeah. Um, so you have to win fifty two point four percent to um, break even. So anything above that is profitable, but you start winning like 54% over like 1600 games or, you know, 500 games, it starts to add up. Yeah.
2: I mean, it makes perfect sense. So, I mean, it, so, you know, it adds up eventually. So obviously if you're getting more wins and losses, you're going to do pretty well, I would think. But so how do I want to ask this part is so, though, if you get into a losing streak so let's say for a week your picks were just shit i mean do you just right do you back off you know take a few days off regather yourself i mean what
1: do you do to to get back in your groove i guess you know that's a great great question you know and it kind of goes back to you say like if you're getting into you know betting you know what do you suggest so that's why if, if you keep with that same amount that you feel comfortable betting. And so, you know, if anyone's taking notes out there, uh, you know, a good rule of thumb is, you know, you never really bet more than 5%, especially when you're starting out 5% of your bank role, Right. So let's say you start off, you know, I'm going to work with a, a thousand bucks mm-hmm. this year. Right. So that's saying that, you know, start off betting no more than 50 bucks on a game. Um, And that's kind of like the higher end 5%. And then, um, then you stick with it. You know, that's the, that's the benefits of like sticking with it and the way the numbers work out. Like if you hit like a 54% over, you know, a lot of games, that's when it starts to add up. And then next thing, you know, you know, next season, your thousand bucks, if you did really well, would be worth, Fifteen hundred bucks, and so now you're taking you're using like three percent of that. And if there's a game you really like, you put five percent of fifteen hundred bucks. So now you're doing instead of fifty dollars a game, you're doing seventy five, and that's how you grow your bankroll without like you know sweating bullets and panicking that you're not going to be able to pay your mortgage or anything like that.
2: That makes sense. Perfect sense.
1: So yeah, so do you, you don't want to bet any more than five percent of your bankroll and you know typically do like you know three three percent and if there's a game you really like you know you go five percent and then that way you know your bankroll you won't roll through it you know by week three so do you a lot of uh, do you kind of uh
2: influence a lot of risk reward ratios so if, kind of what you're saying so hey if I bet five dollars if maybe three to one I'll win fifteen bucks you know this is going small numbers obviously we're a bit bigger, but is that kind of like what you would push your picks towards or you kind of throw out, Hey, this is going to be a home run, hundred percent chance. You're not going to lose.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would, I think like, you know, when we talk about it on the podcast, we'll talk about games that we like. And then, you know, sometimes we'll come across games that we'll be like, Hey, this is a game, you know, we really, really like it. So, you know, what does that mean? Well, you know, that is the time to throw like 5% down on, on that game. Okay. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's just games you love, like, you know, where I really, really like a game that maybe happens like once or twice a month where I'm like where I'll stack it up a little bit more than normal um, because, you know, I'll, I'll see like they're missing something here or, you know, that lines off. Mm -hmm. Um, So You know, like a a game where the line's off that sticks out to me is um, a couple of years ago when the Rams played the Patriots in the Super Bowl and um, the Rams came out as the favorites. The Rams were like minus one. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me here. I'm like, Jeff, Jared Goff's going to beat Tom Brady. I mean, there's just no way, you know, so that was one where I'm like this, this line is off um so you know it happens every once in a while and by the way you don't want to bet against tom brady most of the time
2: (laughs) uh yeah i've been learning that it just seems like with age he's like a one he just keeps getting better and better i
1: mean it's well there's a statistic chris that when he and belichick were playing together um that they covered the line not just won the football game covered the line almost 60 percent of the time So I'm a big fan of Tom Brady, so I didn't bet against him until uh, probably like the last year of his career in in New England. I bet against him a couple of times and now it's the first time ever. So I didn't I, you know, I knew better. But there was handicappers where and it's not a fault to them at all, where their numbers just matched up like, hey, you got to go against the Patriots here because that's what the numbers were saying. Um, so from a numbers perspective, they were doing the right thing. But I'm just like, I'm not going against Tom or Bill. That's just you're not going to win Ugh, that way. It's wrong. <laughs>
2: so speaking of that, so 70 usually with lines and money and all that good stuff, 70 or 80 percent of the time, is it going to be within a touchdown with the points?
1: So you think that so? that's a good question. Um, it is. Yeah. It, it it will be like the number that the line falls on the the margin of victory um, that it falls on the most is three and then seven. So yes, a lot. The majority of the time, it does fall between uh, seven. Points. Yeah, I got that from Pat McAfee, so
2: I ain't gonna. Uh, Did you? (laughs) Yeah, it was just one of his uh, YouTube videos I was listening to So I was like, oh Yeah I never thought about that But it does make kind of Perfect sense I mean, so
1: Yeah, I mean, if you Like, especially in the NFL If you look at lines Like, it's very rare For the line to get Double digits You know, for it to get To 10 points Like, for a line to be 10 points Like, that team's Quite a bit better Or they've got You know, a A home field advantage Yeah Uh and even then, I mean, a lot of times it's difficult for those teams because what you have to imagine is, you know, a lot of times they'll be like, oh, this, you know, the running back's out this week. Whoever the running back could be, you could play for the Browns or you could play for the Ravens, the same running backs out. And a lot of times the public will be like, wow, that's going to make a big difference. I'm going to take, you know, the other team this week. And what you have to realize that, in the NFL, like professional sports, the guy that's backing up the first stringer, he's a badass too, you know. And there's really a difference between these guys. So injuries, and you know, that's where you can pick up um, some edges is when the line is favoring, you know, a team too much because of an injury here and there. Now, like if a Patrick Mahomes, um, the statistics came out where like Patrick Mahomes. And Aaron Rodgers are worth like eight points to their team, which is mm-hmm. just a boat, you know. Where um, you know, like Dak Prescott went out and Andy Dalton came in, that was like two and a half points, three points. It's it wasn't as much as you would think it is.
2: That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're, yeah. you're kind of blowing my mind a little because I'm seeing the back end of these things that. I guess the way I was just saying, I'm only seeing like this, whatever Vegas pulled up. And I was like, oh, okay. But I'm also, how we've talked, I'm not doing reading teams on injuries or what they've done on stats prior to. I'm not doing my whole due diligence. I'm just kind of like going on the Vegas side. I'm so, like, okay, I'll go with that.
1: Yeah. But, or what the, you know, what the guys on ESPN are saying or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, 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 there's a lot to it. And say for injuries, you know, moving forward, if people want to put money on games, like, Injuries. Yeah, they suck, but um, it's what injury Left tackle can sometimes be more important than the running back or a receiver being out, you know, because now the quarterback doesn't get as much protection. But like when it's a running back, you know, you have a few running backs in the NFL, like Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey and, you know, things like that. Like when they go out, you know, it's going to affect the team a little bit. But other guys. It's plug and play. Makes sense. Uh, I mean, you play football. I, I never played football
2: in my athletic career. But did you have any serious injuries with your – I mean, we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but I just kind of – this makes you wonder, though, because uh, Arian, Arian Foster was talking about playing football and how he would tell his kids never to play. And just because of the he broke with collarbones and, or broken collarbones and, you know, torn meniscus and – it was kind of like my yeah. matter and cook, but that's what he wanted to do. I mean, is that kind of your mentality when you played and.
1: Yeah, you, you, you do have a different mentality. That's for sure. I did. I broke a collarbone also. Um, I broke my nose because we didn't have helmets on when we were practicing. And I came down and landed on this guy's nose, oh, this guy's head. Um, but you know, it, I you know I grew up with um, some really good athletes and I remember the first time we played tackle we were in eighth grade and um, he came down on the first play and he and he got rocked really hard um, and he it was probably a concussion looking back on it now you know um, and he was done you know right then so like sometimes I think when you first start playing football um, you you get hit and you're like that's it I'm done. Um, or you get hit really hard and you're like, where is that guy? I want to, you know, so I think there's a, there's a little bit, you have to have a different mentality for sure.
2: Well, I forgot who said it, but everyone said, I think it's a boxing reference, but you have a game plan until you finally get punched in the nose and then it it, it, all changes, yeah. it all changes then. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. When you get, when you get hit and everyone gets hit, when you get hit hard, you know, it's like, That's why I love watching football, like, even even at, like, you know, lower levels, like high school or college, you're right there, and you can see it, and if someone get hit really hard, and you can see what happens to that guy, like, either, you know, they're kind of like, uh, I don't know about that, or they get really pissed off, and the next play, they go after him, you know, and that's what's great about football is, um, you know, I tell my boys, my friend, we went to golf camp today, and his brother, his eight-year-old brother's like, yeah. He got mad and, you know, kind of threw his putter on the ground. I go, you can't get mad in, in golf. That no, doesn't dude. help. No, no dude. Never. That, yeah, that hurts. But in football, that anger will come, you know, that will help. It's so it, it's definitely different. For sure.
2: Uh, so you also throw out bets for golf too, correct? Or throw out yeah. picks, picks, I guess.
3: Yeah.
1: Do you, do you follow golf at all? Um,
2: I play roughly – well, I used – when I was 13, my uncle got me into golf, and I would play once or twice a week, and that would last all through college. And then after college, it seems like everyone I was playing with, everyone started living their lives. And, I mean, that's no joke towards them or anything. They were just – you know, we're all growing up, so it was hard to get together to play two or three hours just a round of golf. So um, – Yeah. When Tiger was there, yeah, I would try to watch all his uh, – the major events – and then after, even when he came back after his little fiasco, um, I still, yeah. like, when he won the Masters again, um, I watched it. But I, I usually just look up to see who wins. I wouldn't say I sit down and actually watch a whole match or anything, but um, right. other than
1: that, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't pick up a golf club until Tiger got going. Like, he, he revolutionized the game for sure. You know, he it made it he made it like, seem like a cool sport. And so um, I started playing golf, um, you know, when he started, you know, being really big. And that's my, if I'm not with my family or doing that, I try to golf, I love golf. Um, and so I watch it religiously as well. And, you know, you can, there's different ways to bet on golf. Like you can bet like who you think is gonna win the tournament, which is really, really hard. What I like to do is um, you can do individual matchups. So like Bolt versus Chris, who's going to win this week, you know, this week versus me me versus you. Yeah. And you can bet on just that matchup. And then like today they played, um, you know, because they're going to play again tomorrow. And so then they might just have a matchup just Friday. (laughs) Like the two of us, me versus you on Friday, that's it. Who do you think is going to win? and um so that's the way that i play when it comes to golf. Oh, i see. I got gotcha. you. So yeah, and so i i like it. I think i think it's you can definitely find an edge there. Like for example, this week i took Ricky Fowler over Phil Mickelson. Oh, that's um, a bold move, right? Right. Well, see the the course they're playing is a very tight course and okay. Phil isn't really known for being accurate off the T-box. so I would never know something Um, like that. And then Ricky Fowler, um, you know, that name might be familiar to people. He hasn't had a very good year, and he actually wasn't able to play in the U.S. Open last week. So um, he's missing these majors, which he's not accustomed to doing. He's played like – he played like 40 in a row. So I think he's going to be pretty pissed off and really, you know, zeroed in. I checked the score today. They're both at minus one. So – We'll see what happens. Well, that's
2: cool. Like how you said they're <laughs> pissed off and you're reading their emotions like that. Uh, yeah, that's something
1: I would never even pick up on. I mean, even I think that's kind of, you know, as far as me speaking for myself with my handicapping, I, I do think like trying to get in the mind of an athlete helps a lot. You know, like I, I do do that quite a bit. I'm like, that could be pissed off. Like, or if, or if the, um, the press says something about someone, you know, like um, – Recently they did it with Kevin Durant. Um, you know, for the well, Nets. They compared him to Michael Jordan? Well, they compared him to or the Steve Greek Curd, freak or Steve
2: Kerr did. Oh, they paired him, Auntie? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So I didn't mean to yeah. cut you off there. I thought I okay, go
1: ahead. No, 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 all good. And so, you know, it kind of came out that K D, someone was doing that, making that comparison. K D was like, compare me to the Greek freak. And then K D just went off in the playoffs. I mean, if it wasn't for him playing with the Nets, they would have lost by forty every game, you know. Um, so I think trying to get into the minds of, of the athletes, you know, handicapping as well. Gotcha. I mean, cause that makes perfect sense just because, you know, kind
2: of what you're saying, get into the minds of the athletes and how recently what, what I just said, I saw where Steve Kerr said something about comparing Kevin Durant to Michael Jordan. And then after watching the last, did you watch the last dance documentary? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, Scotty Pippen not wanting to go in for that last shot. I forgot which episode it was or which game it was. But it's just like, what? you know, I never, when I, I was probably 13, 14 years old when that stuff was going on, I had no idea. I was like, well, send in Pippen, then he doesn't go in. I would never know anything, you know, like that. Right. I can't read that stuff. I'm just, right. I'm
1: just like, what the hell, man? What the hell's going on? You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then that next game after Scotty does that, that's when it would be time to evaluate, you know, if you think you can get an edge there or not. Um, you know, like tonight, uh, the Suns play the Clippers, right? Um, and the game's the games in LA and Chris Paul's coming back. And so everyone's really excited about it. And the Suns are actually 1-1 on the road. And I look at that line and I'm like, I don't think so. I think like the Clippers have been playing they've been playing them tough now they're back at home in front of their home crowd and like I said they're, they're, I think they're going to be kind of pissed off I would take the
2: Clippers tonight that makes perfect sense I, was saying, I would never would have thought about something like that huh yeah so you would say, say Clippers all the way huh that's your pick for tonight yes.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't say put your mortgage on Chris, yeah. but I would say i no I'd say I like them. Yeah, no, the last
2: the last time I did a money bet was uh, the Conor, Conor McGregor and Dustin uh, Poirier fight, um, and we have a casino. It's in West Virginia. You, you know, I guess you follow bar store sports, right?
1: I'm familiar with
2: them, yes. Okay, so they have the rough and rowdy. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a bunch of amateurs like me go up there and say, oh, yeah, I want to fight you, man. Come on. And they just pick some random dude to go fight you. But anyway, I was at the casino the night of that fight uh, because I was traveling and my uncle and I stopped. Yeah, and I stopped. I was like... I'll throw 20 bucks on Connor and obviously he lost so I lost 20 bucks I was, and then after that I was, I was just pissed off because like what the hell because I just I don't know but sometimes I mean you know my brother will also do the fan duel stuff and uh, they'll throw out stuff like hey if you like they had a recent promotion they were, I think the Wizards were playing the Celtics and they said if they they were giving you plus like 80 points or something and it was like, right yeah it was just like a sucker you win bet just to get in there and get your money then obviously you win and then
1: you just keep playing but and then and then you give it back to them yeah right? I
2: ve- well eventually right. i guess that's our thing unless maybe if i go to you and try to get you know some 54 percent at least
1: gain some money right <laughs> yeah if you that's what i say like if if uh, someone was asking me one time on an interview about uh, do I feel bad when the games lose, when I give them out on, on the podcast, when I give out picks and um, the ones that I give out on the picks, I, I play the same game. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy when it happens, but if you follow someone that you respect over like a season, mm-hmm. you know, if you just tune in for like, you know, a week or two and play their, their picks, you could lose, you know, but hopefully, if they, you know, know what they're doing, if you play with them the whole season, you know, hopefully you'll come out on top. Do you, um, do you know who Stu Finer is? I mean, I, I
2: would have. I've heard of him. So yeah. he's supposed to be like one of the. Uh, do you ever see the uh, the movie Two for the Money with uh, Matthew McConaughey? It's all about kind of basically what you do for a living. It's all about um, they would call it like someone like me would call you Bolt and say, "Hey." Uh, who am I picking this week for whatever? And apparently, he was supposed to be one of the badass people. And I guess he does work for Dave Portnoy at
1: Barstool Sports, or he has his own thing. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, uh, that Matthew McConaughey when he was the handicapper, right? He yeah. Gave there you picks. go. Yeah. The, the movie apparently, is yeah. based off him. That's okay. That. Um, that I like. I like Matthew. I I watched that movie. That was very entertaining. Um. It didn't seem very realistic, though, you know, like, because <laughs> someone can get on hot streaks and you can get on a cold streak, too. Like, if you talk to a handicapper, it's like they've won 10 in a row mm-hmm. and, it you know, they can eat, they could lose 10 in a row, too. That's why it's kind of a numbers game. That's where, the, you know, how the mathematicians look at it. Sure. But um, that was a cool movie. I like that. Yeah. It yeah.
2: That, yeah it, that, it brought things in perspective for me. And like how we kind of were talking about earlier, circling back, like, you know, if you go behind the scenes of it all, you know, the the guy behind the curtain. I don't I don't ever see that part of it. I just see, I guess, all the the fun stuff and what Vegas wants you to see and what right. uh, but yeah, I mean I just you know, when I when I think of sports handicappers and stuff, that's what that's kinda of what comes to my mind. And um it took for me is like, oh, he must be the the number one guy in this in this field, but But I even mean, you got guys like yeah. Colin Calherd who, you know, they'll throw out their picks and stuff too, but I mean, you can take that. Right. salt, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You had actually Colin Colin for the most part is um, I don't know if he'd consider himself a handicapper, you know, um, so he's not bad. Yeah. I, I don't think I think last year he might he might have had a rough year because I noticed like people were you know, putting things on Twitter and stuff, which is kind of weak when people do that. Like if you don't, you don't, Colin's not charging for his picks. So, you know, you don't have to listen to him if you don't want to, but you know, um, so, but yeah, it's, it's interesting like those guys on like ESPN and stuff, and they're not even using the lines. They're just trying to pick the winner of the game. Like who do you think will win this game, Detroit or Green Bay, you know? And, they have difficulty just picking the winner, much less if there was a spread involved, you know? Yeah. So.
2: Well, this is uh, – Charles Barkley, he usually does that almost every uh, – on his TNT stuff. Doesn't he do that, try to pick winners? every Him and Shaq and Kenny. But – Yeah. But there was an article yeah. or that came out about eh, – a couple of years ago. He lost $30 million in betting,
1: I think it was. Oh, that's – did. yeah, old Chuck yeah. did man. Yeah, like same thing with John Daly. Yeah, John Daly did all <laughs> for like setting. Yeah, I could imagine that. I mean, I've been at the casinos before. And you, you know, I'm sure there's people listening, and maybe you have too. Where you, I, I saw a guy, you know, throwing like playing like three hands at two hundred thousand bucks a pop. Don't doubt and it. And I'm like, man, that's <laughs> that. That's a lot. And if I did that, I felt like saying, Hey, buddy, you should go over to the sports book and do that. I mean, that's just personally how I do it. Like I can, I can walk through a casino and not even look at the tables. You know, that just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. I mean, I used to do that when I was younger. Um, you know, when I was in college and we'd go to the casinos and I'd just get my ass kicked playing blackjack and, oh, yeah. you know, been um, there. And so uh, I'm done with those games. I was done with those games a long time ago. Oh, yeah. I, my brother-in-law, we went to the casino um, and he was getting waxed at the tables. And finally I said, why don't you come on over here to the sports book a little bit? And so, you know, we got his money back for him, luckily, because nice. we, we were playing Yeah,
2: <laughs> Well, that doesn't happen often, but at least you got it back or, you know.
1: Yeah, I I know. I, he owes me one for that. Yeah, he I said, should. "See, he I told should. you."
2: He should. Yeah, usually <laughs> I'm just the guy running with the you know my tail between my legs. And well, I was like, "Well, guess I'll take my L for the night." I didn't do so well.
1: Ah, uh, it's the worst feeling. Like if you have twenty and the dealer throws over the twenty-one, it's just oh, such a terrible dude. feeling. Yeah,
2: because right there, you, you know, you have the, the biggest. I mean, I mean,
1: I don't, you know the
2: biggest little baby maker in your pants in the world on earth. And all of a sudden that comes out and you're like, oh, you know, you, had, you, you got some big dick tenor-hal. energy going and it's done, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I man, I've been there. Cause I mean, I, I'm a, my little, I had one small gambling story. Me and my buddies went on a fishing trip and I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's called Cherokee, North Carolina. No. Uh, okay. So it's, it's roughly, I'm in, I'm in Virginia. So it's in, is it Tennessee or North Carolina? I can't remember. It's in the Smoky Mountains. Anyway, they got a casino there. I dropped twenty bucks in on blackjack. Got up to I think it was four four fifty, you know, in roughly an really hour. yeah, in roughly an hour. And my buddies were standing behind me, and they were like, "Dude, stop! You got you're done. Get out! Come on! You 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 paid for everything. You're done. Get out!" And I was like, "No, I got right. more. I got more." You know, I had that big dick energy going. I was like, Man, "I know this guy." All of a sudden, ten minutes later, nothing. God, yeah. That terrible wig, feeling man dude yeah yeah out <laughs> of the casino well boys i guess uh, yeah i think i think everyone's
1: been there chris yeah. i think we've all been there
2: yeah well we touched on it earlier just you know how do you deal with that type
1: of emotions and it's i i you try to take you know what honestly try to take the emotion out it's the same thing like with the stock market you know if you're investing in a stock and it goes down you know and it's like I think too much people get emotional and then they sell, right? They're like, oh, this is, I got to get out before it goes lower. And then next thing you know, you know, a month later, it's up 30% from where it was, you know? So try to take the emotion out of it, to to be honest. And um, that's the hardest part, I think, because there's all this noise, right? From the ESPNs and all these different outlets and newspapers and, you know, this team's best, this player's the best, and you just got to block it all out. And you know, go with you know your handicapping.
2: And- yeah, I have a buddy, and I we dabble a little bit in the stock market. But you know, talk about emotions and what you're just saying. I get if I see you know like somebody like you, Bolt, say like, "Oh man, I got a hot tip for you this week." I almost and if if I get on it late, oh man, it's like I get fear of missing out, and that's, I got to jump, yeah. on it. I got to jump on it, you know. And then all of a sudden, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, just stock market wise. But then, you know, if you miss out on the bet, I've been there emotionally. Like, uh, you know, when we were playing Fanduel and stuff, and this was earlier, like in college. What well, I guess Fanduel wasn't around. Maybe we were playing like an offshore betting site. It was. I can't remember if it was legal in Virginia or not. But I was playing. I was betting on something and I lost. And I was like, oh, I gotta. I can win it back. I can win it back. And I just immediately took my. I didn't let my emotions sink in. I just immediately just threw it into a random bet. Lost even more. <laughs> And that's when, I, that's yeah. what I learned. Is like, okay, that's you gotta take a timeout sometimes, dude. So yeah, you, you learn I a lot. You yeah, you learn a lot from it, man. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of good. It, I don't know. Like I said, it's a great feeling when you win, but hey, man, sure it does suck when you lose, dude.
1: No kid, and that not, that it does suck, and so that's that's where you gotta be like, you gotta put it in perspective, and you know, do it with the amounts that you feel comfortable with, and it won't you know kill you if, if you lost it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you use it kind of like you know your entertainment money, like you know, you're you're going to the movie pizza money, you know, if that's what works for you.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. You know, you uh, win a little bit. You can take your girl out on a weekend and go from there. There you yeah. go. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I like that. Let's. Uh, I, I think I got you for an hour. I want to respect your time. Um, I think we've been going for about an hour. So, uh, yeah, I like ended on a good positive vibe right there. You know, win some money, take your girl out, have a treat yourself, I guess, and somebody else. There you go. Um, but before we uh, before we get off here, Bolt, you're a bad dude. Um, if anybody wants to get your picks or find your podcast or anything about you uh how they how do they do that we're yet on the socials and all that uh, good stuff
1: yeah thank you uh, so we, we talked about our podcast bolt Brady and his bro uh, so we're on you know Apple and Spotify and uh, we really ramp up uh, starting in July we, we go once a week um, through July through the Super Bowl and then um, on Instagram um, at bolt Brady picks and um and then Facebook, you know, we've got Facebook as well. But And then Twitter, Bolt Brady Picks as well. Gotcha, man. It's all good. All
2: right. Uh, everyone heard it here. Bolt, you're a bad dude. Thanks for being here. I appreciate your time. I love it, man.
1: Thanks, Chris. Had a good time, buddy. All right,
2: man. We'll do it again hopefully soon. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Take it easy.